you smell what the rock is cooking? Acknowledge me. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. We are bad to the bone. Get it? Bad to the bone. Tell me when I'm telling lies. I'll fight anybody who do you want. Just let me fight them. Let me tell you something, Jim Ross. Make a pose, yeah. Oh, we got it for you. We are the best. Smart marks. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. Yo, what's happening, y'all? Happy New Year. And welcome to another episode of Talk'em in the Building, a wrestling podcast where we specifically focus on the pro wrestling promo. We talk about the talkers. We hype the hype man, and of course, we pontificate on the promo. I'm Adrian. You already know it's no BS coming from me, and I'm joined by the homies, of course. What's going on, Adelie? How are you living? What's going on? Oh, doing great. Absolutely. Loving loving that it's a new year, loving that we have new beginnings, and really looking forward to making uh, you know more conversation with y'all. It's been, so, been a real great time. Awesome. Awesome. What's going on, Greg? How you living, bro? Man, they're doing good, ringing in the new year in style. And you know what the new year means. I know we talk about promos all the time, but let's be real. Roar Rumble comes up. That means Mania season, part of the best part of the year. So we're right on the verge of that, and I can't wait to start talking about those promos. But I know we have some other stuff to talk about first. Definitely, definitely. Listeners, if this is your first time checking us out, thank you for giving us an opportunity. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And family, returning family, you know what time it is. Salute to you. Thank you again for being a part of Suplex Dinner Club. Now, gentlemen, it's 2024. We all know what it is. New year, new me. The gyms are going to be completely full because people all want to get buff and big. Uh, The steakhouses are going to be a little sparse because everyone wants salads. We all know a part of the new year is the new year resolution. So with us being a pro wrestling podcast, Greg, I'm going to start off with you. I want to know, Greg, what is your new year's resolution for pro wrestling? Man, that's hard. Um, You know what one of my big ones is, is I've had a lot of, it's hard to keep up with everything and I'm going to have a resolution to pay more attention to impact TNA wrestling. Since we now have a new name right. is no longer <laughs> impact It's now TNA. Right. And I think I'm going to start paying more attention to it. I've called, kind of kept it on the peripheral. Uh, I know that the shows have been great. Uh, I don't get yeah, been, um, yeah. their network, but I'll find a way to watch it. And um, that's one of my big ones is really give TNA a more of a, some more love, some, some more flowers. Cause they, they have done a wonderful job the last couple of years. But I just want mm-hmm. to get more into the their product. Definitely, definitely. And in a number of wrestling circles, I've always said, like, stateside wrestling impact has done professional wrestling the right way from mm-hmm. top to bottom. From what talent they actually have, they've utilized their talent the best way. That's compared to WWE. That's compared to AEW. Like, shout out to Impact. Those guys have been cooking. They're doing their thing. And now shout out to TNA because that's what they are now. 
Mm-hmm. I believe. Same for you, man. What's your resolution? I'm a little with Greg. I feel a whirlwind. You know, there's so much going on nowadays. And one thing I never got into enough, I've, I've always been aware of it. And, you know, on the periphery, checked on matches. But, you know, the Joshi scene, stardom, everything that's going on in, in Japan with that. And just how fundamentally sound everyone is over there. You know, that's the, the, the time mm. that people wouldn't work in. So, um, just came off last month seeing one of those shows and it was very impressive to to see that. But, you know, stateside, um, I want to be able to follow more of the of the New Japan uh, strong, you know, piece. I know that they weren't doing tapings or they were. I'm hoping that gets reinvigorated. So really paying more attention to the details rather than uh, just the big, bigger storylines or bigger events. I like that. I like that. A unique thing about Joshi, Joshi Wrestling and Stardom is how everything seems like it's an anime, like a cartoon. But as of late, it's gotten more, it's gotten a little bit more brutal in some senses. So uh, it's more appealing to me, a person who grew up watching wrestling that I looked at wrestlers like I was afraid of, like that sort of thing. You know, it's that element of realism that stardom is actually embracing and really doing a good job of. So I agree. I I like your answer there as well. My resolution, gentlemen, um, my resolution is a little different. I'm going to say instead of the money that I would normally spend for the established bigger companies, WWE, AEW, I want to use those resources more so for the local independent scene. Like me and Greg, we're super fortunate being here in Atlanta where it's a number of thrive. I mean, growing. I'm not even going to say everyone's thriving because that's not the truth, but it's growing independent promotions here in Atlanta. And I want to do my part in supporting those guys because when it's said and done, they're the next generation of superstars, potential superstars and guys that are moving the needle, guys and girls that are moving the needle. So um, that's my resolution. I've always tried to support a number of independent promotions just because I mess around and know a couple of them, hang out with them, that sort of thing. But I want to do more. I want to do more. I know Greg has invited me to a number of shows. I got to I got to take him up on his offer and go to that, you know, those kind of, you know, go to shows other than the ones that I'm comfortable with. So, my resolution, instead of spending my money with WWE and AEW, no shade to them, all respect and all that good stuff, I'm going to use those that money and those resources toward our independent companies growing up locally here in Atlanta. That's my resolution. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, kind of touch on that. I went to an independent show this past weekend. There's one here called hope championship wrestling, Christian based. And uh-huh. now when they do that, it's a family friendly show, but they may do a quick little message, a little something, but he kind of runs it like a ministry and dude, he's doing so well. It's just so cool to see, what they're doing. Like, um, I went to one of his shows, he had George South on there and he's had, um, I, he's had several Shout people. Shout out George South. He's had Gunner on there. Uh, he had, 
Nice. I mean, a bunch of different people. Um, Bill E. Well, he's had the demolition. Had done personal signings there. He had um, Hugh, Hugh Morris uh, do a. I know he had. He did a um, uh, like a clinic for some independent wrestlers. He did it for free. They, but he did part of the ministry. He did it for free. And so I was like, you know, little stuff like that. Like, I like what you're saying there. It's like, go out there and support not just the businesses, but the, the wrestlers. It wasn't that long ago that Austin Theory was wrestling around here. Yeah. Wasn't that long ago, right. really. I mean, obviously it's been Often. several years, but Xavier Woods, I was listening to him talk, and I was like, dude, I used to go to the same promotion he he's talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I, we were probably there at the same time. It's just kind of cool. Yeah. One, one other thing with my local um, – Stuff I I think I sent this to you guys. Cody Rhodes was on Dell Junior, Dell Earnhardt Junior's um, podcast, and he was talking mm-hmm. about Dell Senior's death. And Cody was saying, you know, that night, my dad was running a show in Carrollton, Georgia. And he mm-hmm. goes, and I was refereeing, and I'm like, I was at that show. Wow. So when Cody was really? talking about it, and they found out about what happened to Dell Senior, I was there when they found out too, and. I was a huge Dell Senior fan, but it was just like, well, all I, all I remember about that whole show is the fact that Steve Carino wrestled Dusty. That's the only thing I remember. I remember nothing else. But it was just interesting nice. to hear Cody talk about it. And so when you said that about local, you know, local promotions, it's like we are blessed in this area, man. We are. We've been blessed for Definitely, years yeah. of some of the talent that's around. Definitely. Here. And I know in LA, they the independent scene is there's they're thriving mm. out there. You said it yourself. I think it, it's changed a lot. The pandemic definitely put a damper on things. And I feel like I'd say probably this year is probably the first year where it's really felt like it got back in motion. Um, a lot of unknown companies mm-hmm. started making headway here. Um, Prestige, who's out of the Pacific Northwest, I think out of Portland, if I'm not mistaken, they're running shows right here. They, they're actually uh, promoting that um, that joshing show from last month that I, I said about um, with TJPW. So it's an interesting mix because it's such a hub that I feel like now outside promotions are starting to run here. Um, Wrestling Revolver uh, with Sammy Callahan's promotion. Um, you have uh, mm-hmm. Brian Kendrick. He does his promotion, his kind of like outlandish promotion. Mm-hmm. And they bring, they bring in names. You know, it's the LA market. They know that it's a sprawling, you know, place where people will drive an hour hour and a half you know they will drive up from mm-hmm. san diego and san diego has its own scene too so it's it's a fortunate time it's always been a fortunate time around here um just i think i need to make that effort more you know and 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 try to make those shows because it's it's cool it's i'll i'll, I'll be honest you see those guys Definitely. come up those guys and girls and then you know i'll tell i'll tell the you know the wife and i'll say Give give it a year or two. You're you're we're gonna be paying for tickets at the forum or at Staples for them, and sure enough, right? It's, it always goes that way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I got a challenge for you. So when we and this is for all of us. So when we do go to an independent show, let's record the promos and bring one of the independent mm. promos on here and talk about it. I like that. Okay. I like that. I like that. And, and that doesn't mean to be negative towards it. It's just, you know, or, or positive or whatever. It's just, hey, let's talk about what we saw and the differences. And, and you know, you can see them growing and stuff like that. I think that'd be fun. I like that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one funny that. anecdote, and Adrian knows this one on a promo. So it, within a move, <laughs> this is one of the many places I've lived. And I'm in the backyard of this place that I was living in. 
and I start hearing this man just go off. And it sounds like a pro wrestling promo. Like, ah, must, somebody must have their TV up, right? No, it was they had rented out their VFW whatever hall for pro wrestling, and this man was cutting a promo, but the whole neighborhood could hear it. And he's cutting the most all-American. And I'm just like, wow, I can just sit in my backyard and listen listen to promos for the rest of the night. And I kind of did. <laughs> I was washing dishes. And I'm like, nice. oh, cool. <laughs> that it was the endiest of the end. Nice, for sure. nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. If you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe. And, of course, look us up on socials at Suplex Dinner Club. And be sure to check out our other projects. We talk college football on Dogs versus All Y'all. That's a weekly college football podcast where we don't just talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. We talk about all things college football. The Life and Times pod, which is short for the Life and Times of a Restaurant Lifer podcast, where I have some chill conversations with some cool and interesting people that I've met in my years in the hospitality industry. And of course, check out Talk Em in the Building. That's a pro wrestling podcast where we solely focus on the promo. We talk about the talkers, we hype the hype man, and we pontificate on the promo. It's a fun project, and if you're a pro wrestling fan, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. The Suplex Dinner Club family is growing, and I would love for you to be a part of it. So uh, today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a fun one. We're opening up 2024 with a look back in the past. We're going to look at 2023. And we're going to give some flowers. We're going to also um, give some shitty flowers because we got to acknowledge it. But uh, we're going to go ahead and say this is our Talk'em in the Building annual awards. We've had a couple episodes. You guys know where our mindsets are as wrestling fans. So let's go ahead and get started. We have our best promo of the year. Is that Greg? You're taking over that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So I kind of foreshadowed this earlier. I said, You asked me about this year and how's it going? I said, You know, Royal Rumble's coming up. And that leads right into my favorite time of the year, WrestleMania season. Because wh- wherever you stand on Definitely. WWE, it doesn't matter. If you've ever been to a WrestleMania, it's not even about the mania, it's about a gathering of professional wrestling nerds, if you will fans whatever you want to call it right and it's just wonderful but that whole time you can see that all the talent puts all their their effort into that so when i sat down i thought about man what what do i feel like is the best promo and the best promos to me are the ones that connect me they bring me in they bring me not just into the building they want me to be there they want me to pay for the pay-per-view they want me to subscribe to peacock or or jump on bleacher report and and buy the pay-per-view or fight tv or wherever and this one to me, it has so many shades of realism in it. I mean, so many shades of addressing the current, the past, and just really brought a challenging situation together. And what I'm talking about is Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes setting up their first promo together, setting up the, the whole journey towards Roman. And when I say a challenging situation, because if you remember how hot Sami Zayn was, so there's that delicate, how do you balance Cody? Because Cody's up here, Sami's up here as far as popularity, and people want both, and you can't have both. So how do you balance it? And I was like, man, by the end of this promo that they did, I forgot about Sami. I was like, man, 
<laughs> it's like Sammy's going to deliver a great match. Let's get past it. And um, because they had me yeah. talked into emotionally invested. So the year was 2000. The till in my family had dried up a bit. Hard times became more than just a promo. Simply put, my family went broke. Then he, he got a phone call. You called him. You told him that Steve Carino was gonna talk a little smack about him and that if he would just agree to appear on camera, if Dusty Rhodes would be on ECW, you would pay him and you would pay him well. You kept your word. In addition to the money that we sorely needed, ECW gave my father his confidence back, and I can never, ever repay you for that. Thank you very much. This isn't about your dad. This is about you. Everything that you have fought for from the bottom all the way up, out the door, back in the door, to winning the Men's Royal Rumble, to main eventing WrestleMania. In my last conversation with your dad, he told me, you, Cody, were his favorite son. But Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. For me, that's, that's the beginning of it, right? And that's how Cody sets up this whole story. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of, he, prior to that, he addressed the Sammy thing. He said, I don't know who I'm going to face. And he said, I hope it's Sammy. And then that's when Paul comes out. And then he talks and he sets up a true emotional connection. And whether Heyman legit cried or not, <laughs> dude, I mean, how great was just that emotion? Yeah. Just... And, and, and mm-hmm. Cody is so good understanding where to pause, understanding where to look, and even tying in Definitely. hard times was not just a promo. Like now he brought in the emotion of the older group that understand that hard times promo and everybody says that's one of the greatest of all time. He brought that in. And then we fast forward mm-hmm. into that, into that same promo. And Paul Heyman starts talking about Cody. And he starts talking about how Cody, his dad didn't spend time with Cody. His dad didn't train Cody. His dad was off here, off training Seth Rollins. He was off training Becky Lynch. He was helping Bailey. Mm. Um, he didn't say this, but he was helping Kevin Owens. Yeah. And he's helping this other group. And one of the things he said in there was, so Cody, the, the, the loving person of, of me is the person who would tell you that your dad was doing that so you could forge your own way. So you didn't have to be under the Rhodes umbrella. You didn't have to be under that learning tree. But the other side of me says he didn't think you could do it. He didn't see the potential in you that he saw in these others. And then he kills it at the end when he says, Cody, the last words your dad said to me where you were his favorite son. But then he looked at me and said, Roman is the son I wish I had. Yeah. That kicked off. Oh, man. <laughs> but 
it was just how great was Paul. But Paul's not – great as he is, Cody sets it up. Great and supporting the fact actor. That, yes. Great, and, great uh-huh. supporting actor. And the yeah. way they went back and forth, it was like – I wouldn't even say they were supporting. They were like both A-list. And they were both main mm. main characters in this one. Because the personal is not with Roman at first. The personal is with Paul. And the personal with Paul is you help my family. You you taught me. He even thanked him. He gave him credit for AEW, basically. He said, I was somewhere else. Right. I was a disruptor, and I learned that from you. And it's like, that's the personal part. And now, how do we get to the person with Roman? Paul now is that bridge. And to me, that, that promo to me set the stage for not just one year, a few months of story. It's going to be to set the stage for next year, for the rest of this year, I say. Um, next year being 2024, this whole year. And to me, that was just the best one. It sucked me in personally. It sucked me in emotionally. As a Dusty fan, it sucked me in. As a Cody fan, it sucked me in. As a Roman fan, I mean, let's call it what it is. And, and Adrian knows I've, I've, I've been riding with Roman since day one. You've, you've been a Roman <laughs> fan from day one. You and, have. Um, you have. I even through the whole suffering suck attach crap. I was like, really? But yeah. and then the yeah. thing is, me having two of my favorites right there, along with Paul being one of my favorites of all time, characters or, or personalities, I was like, dude, Definitely. this is gold. This is gold. So for me, promo of the year is that one. Uh it just set the stage. It was the perfect mm-hmm. one. It was the perfect bridge. I just can't think of anything this year that can quite come close to it. Gentlemen, your opinions. Mm. When you can say that you've cut such a terrific promo, emotional, uh, awe-inspiring promo, and you have Paul Heyman just there to push it just that Mm. much, just that little bit through history, through emotion, Mm -hmm. it's it's money. It's money. You can't what what are we talking about? Like this is this is what this podcast is even about. Emotion, uh storyline, drive. Like this is the pro wrestling promo. Mm-hmm. And it's just well done, man. It's beautiful. No, it's a culmination of the reinvention of Cody Rhodes, right? I remember meeting him at his first independent meeting greet. He had like independent shirts he had just got imprinted and you saw him do that tour right where he was evolving he was still you know he was doing the bullet club thing but he was trying to he wasn't fully invested in bullet club he had this kind of chip on his shoulder he was always trying to show no 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 i belong here i didn't do this the first go around but i will do it and then you had the AEW cody which quite frankly it's it's very similar to this cody i just don't think he ever had like you were saying, anyone to play off of that could give him the gravitas here that he has. It's the same promo. We've heard this promo or this style of promo Mm -hmm. with some personal details, with some, you know, the affectations and and the the connections to the past. But knowing that even in interviews, he's spoken about his dad taking the the SmackDown job later for money, Mm -hmm. right? Because he Mm -hmm. didn't have money and him envy that big piece about him envying 
the NXT crew, right? The the babies over here that were essentially Triple H's, you know, you know, um, group as well. He didn't get that, right? And, and it's this interesting perspective because he also speaks later on uh, in in different interviews about him being seen as maybe Dusty's, you know way to get it right that he didn't do it with Dustin right because he was away from home a lot with Dustin and he wasn't that way with Cody so to mm. see that him turn that idea on its head like I wasn't really co- you know Dusty's you know favorites so to speak um, there's so many layers there and where it truly feels like we're building out you know we'll see how mania turns out this year but this is such a long-term storytelling with so many ins and outs and, and you hit it on the head Greg where you said we we know Sammy's good, but Sammy was kind of that that he was a disruptor in this, right? Where this could have led, and we had definitely, to take that definitely. and see that through, and then we're we're back on track to where where we mm-hmm. probably were going to be anyway. Exactly, exactly. And it's interesting what you just said about him in AEW, and I never thought about that. He didn't have anybody to play off. He hit. If you think about when he, mm-hmm. um, Adrian and I have talked about this for a few years, and I've, I've said that Cody is at the top of all talent in the world for the last several years because of his, not just in ring in rings, good, but his ability to connect emotionally when him and Aldis had that, that whole program and at all in, it comes to the culmination and he wins that NWA 10 pounds of gold, which I'll be, let's be honest. It's not at the level of what used to be, dude, they show grown men crying. I had tears in my eyes. I'm not gonna lie, because I wanted it so we bad were for him, in, man. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and that's because he did have somebody to play off of. That's because Aldis is that good, mm-hmm. and he did have that. And then when he had it later on, that that program he had with his brother and and what what they did again, he had his brother <laughs> crying in the freaking reason. And it's just like Cody has yeah. that. Cody, that's a special special thing that very few people have that they can connect with an audience mm-hmm. because here's the other thing about Cody. If you look at, look at him, I say heel all day long and, and people go, well, how, how is that? He's in a suit. What do heels do? They wear the suits. The baby faces wear the t-shirts. He's in a suit. He's got a beautiful wife that we, we, we can't right. deny it. Right. Mm-hmm. And granted, they don't throw that out in your face in WWE, but they did before. But, it's like mm-hmm. he's got this life that many of us cannot relate to. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's he's not the blue, he, but he comes across in a different way. And, so, and that is a special talent that dude has. And to me, that this promo just shows it. It's just and, and what he's done after that, um, you know, throughout this whole build, even to, you know, to the Survivor Series, to SummerSlam. And he's talked about him and Seth don't like each other. And he had a true jealousy of Seth mm-hmm. and Paul Heyman taps into that. So it's just, to me, I, I just have a hard time finding two better. And then Adrian, you said that like Heyman being like the supporting actor. One day we could talk about it. Arguably. Actually, I don't like to say arguably probably the greatest promo guy in the history of wrestling is, is Heyman. Yep. 100%. And I don't know that anybody else is better. I don't care if you, you throw in Rock, you can mm. throw in Flair, you can throw in Heenan, you can throw in anybody. 
to watch what he did with different talents, with different characters, as a manager, as an advocate, as a whatever you want to call him, throughout all this time. Yeah. As a GM, as a the owner of ECW, everything, he knew exactly who his audience was, he knew who his talent was, and he never was the one who was getting himself over unless he had to. Mm-hmm. For the most part, even that back in the Dangerous Alliance, he got over Steve Austin. He got over Bobby Eaton. He got over every single person, whether it was Medusa, um, Rick Rude. And I'll say against anybody else as managers, and I'll say the same thing about Bobby Heenan, it was more about Heenan than it was the talent. Yeah. And to me, it was always more about mm. the talent than it was about Heenan. I mean, about Heyman. That's yeah. Man, I can't argue against that. I want to. I want to, but but God damn. Yeah, no, that's that's a fact, bro. No, that's a deviation, right? We gotta separate Paul Heyman, the businessman, from the talent, from mm-hmm. the promoter, right, from the writer, right? Uh, from the talent advisor, you know, whatever it may be. And and if we see him totally as a talent, hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. It's that reinvention. It's that it's you know anybody who's been in the game this long and can reinvent themselves. The only thing I can, he's not fully a promo guy, but I mean, what Jericho maybe, but he's younger. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been compared to Heyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, just watch what Heyman did from Brock to Roman. It's a different yeah. person. Yeah, and he knew Maybe. exactly what he yeah. had to do. Yeah. He knew exactly what he had to do. And let's don't get it twisted. Brock became better on the mic because of Heyman. Mm-hmm. And Roman became better on the mic because of yeah. Heyman. And not just because he coached them, but because I think he puts that confidence in them that says, I got your back. Yeah. Like, if you need if you need to go off, go off. I got you. So it's just mm-hmm. – sorry to get off on that tangent, but it's just oh, like no, – yeah, cool. No, that's that's real, you, man. That's on point. That's real. <laughs> and we'll definitely use a future episode to highlight – Paul Heyman in particular, mm. because he definitely deserves a full episode of Flowers. There's oh, no question sure. about that. Speaking of Flowers, um, Roses, the great Andre 3000 once said, Roses really smell like boo, 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 boo. Shout out to his new album that everyone has so many different opinions on. <laughs> I love flutes, so I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, man. But speaking of speaking of boo boo, we got we gotta hold some people accountable. We gotta highlight or low light the worst promo of twenty twenty three. Adelaide, you have the honor of awarding this. Yeah. And I'm sighing. I'm sighing because I was dreading this. <laughs> I don't like to put people down, man. And we, we have some honorable mentions. We have some few that, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll. Definitely. One that stands out, and I don't think it was through any fault of his own, was that Keith Lee promo where they had, uh, I think they start with Take 22. Whether that was mm. a put on or real or not, that is embarrassingly horrible. And that says something to the production. I don't know what happened there. And I don't I don't know if that promo if that was planned. I think after the fact they they sort of referenced it. So I, I won't say Keith Lee. I, I really like Keith Lee. I don't think he's been given a fair shake quite honestly and there's been injuries involved. The promo I'm choosing or that we're I'm I'm putting out there 
That's a potentially one of the worst promos of the year uh, for context uh, because this was this person's coming out party. This comes to us in June of mm. this year, of, of 2023, of last year. Uh, it is in the lead up to the all in pay per view in Europe, in the UK. And this is Jungle Boy's heel turn. And to lay out the groundwork, mm. there is always some sense, you know, being him being named one of the pillars and whatnot, that, you know, he's always been held in high regard. He's an MJF, you know, he's, he's a hook, you know, he's a Britt Baker and what have you. And Tony Gone always held in high regard. Promos have never been his strong suit. I will say that much. And this promo really hit on that for all the wrong reasons. Not because of the content of the words. The words are nothing wrong. There was just no conviction. This goes back to a point right. that Greg's made, Adrian's made several times. Like, If I don't believe the words that are coming out of your mouth, and I truly don't believe that you're being a bad guy, or in this case, you know, someone who's out to get hook and get revenge and win the FTW uh, title, he comes out hollow, right? He, he starts to yell at the audience. He starts to elicit essentially fake reactions because he's not getting a reaction. You know, you all have ruined that song for me to the point that we're never going to hear it again. You know what? Boo all you want. It does not change the fact. You see, I got a car right back there waiting to take me to the airport. And all of you are stuck here with the wildfires. I'm still young. I'm still cashing fat checks. And I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. Relax. Now, did I turn on Hook? Or did everybody turn on me? After everything that I've done, after everything that I have given to this place, and after being robbed of not one, but two world championships, you expect me to sit here and watch some entitled, second-generation little prick dangle his championship in my face? You know what, the funny thing is, that belt is not even officially recognized by this company. And that's for the same reason that I don't recognize you, Hook. Just felt so forced. And it was indicative of this idea of, here you're putting this guy who obviously you have high regard for and you want to see do well, but he's not there yet. He needs a talking piece. He needs a, someone to interpret essentially what he's trying to get across because otherwise it sounds generic, right? Selling the crowd to shut up, trying to get a, a crowd reaction. The worst part yet, they pan to the audience. People are sitting down. The actual panning shot, Nobody's nobody has a reaction, negative or positive. The only people reacting are in the, the first floor seats there. Those are the people you really see react. What happens next? This is the buildup, right? We get this heel kind of, you know, running away. Jack Perry, there's the incident at Collision, Punk show at the time. We get the all-in uh, show. He, The argument was he was trying to do a spot with the Shattered Glass. And Punk, who owned apparently that show or was in charge of that show, apparently said, no, you can't do that. It's too dangerous. Fast forward to all-in. 
he does the the glass the glass the spot on and falls on the glass in that match and looks at the camera and says real glass cry me a river that was a good promo that was shoot <laughs> no, but that was again yeah, it's, that was it was attempt. again it's this yeah. thing where you see the difference where the passion came from, whereas this seemed like, okay, you really got to sell the, you know, that you're, you're a bad guy now. And he leaned on every bad guy heel trope that you can think of, mm-hmm. including I'm not getting a reaction. Yeah. I'm going to tell the crowd to shut up. So the worst mm-hmm. that we can think of, I don't think it's, I, I honestly don't think this was a horrible year for promos. I think people were on their game regardless. And in the grand scheme of promos, I don't think this is even the worst one of all time, obviously, but in the context of what they were trying to do, it could have been so much better. But thoughts, gentlemen, on what you guys thought? Oh, definitely. No, definitely. I I definitely agree. Um, the main issue with this promo is believability. We don't believe you. Mm-hmm. We don't believe you, Jack. At this point, what you're doing, what you're saying, all you're doing is fishing. When you go. When you're have when you're when you're cutting a promo and you randomly go to the crowd to tell them shut up. Like Ric Flair back in uh TNA was notorious for this. He would be <laughs> cutting a promo that no one believed, no one actually cared about, and then what would he do? Shut up, fat boy. Or I'm a I'm gonna sleep with your mom. Like like the little cheap little things to elicit an immediate reaction from that crowd there. But for those of us that are watching on TV, we're like, dude, you're fishing. You're, you're, you're reaching right now. You're tripping. What are you doing? And that perfectly sums up that uh, jungle boy promo. At that point, we didn't believe you. We didn't believe that you were a hill. We didn't believe that you were a legitimate tough guy. And all of the tough talk that you had for Hook, that you had for Taz, that you had for any of the fans of AEW, we didn't believe you. We just didn't believe you. And that's I, that's a great choice for worst promo. I definitely agree with you. One hundred percent, Greg. What you think? I mean, watching this promo was like watching Southpaw wrestling. If you remember that parody that WWE, <laughs> I love Southpaw. It was, it was like generic heel promo one hundred and one. Tell the crowd, shut up. Um, say I'm going to kick your butt. Da, 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 da. I mean, it's the same. It was just, and like you guys said, it wasn't believable at all. And I think they didn't do him any any favors. He wasn't that over in the first place. Once Luchasaurus left him, he hasn't been that over. So I'm like, okay, you better cut a promo and leave his dad out of it. That made no sense. See, they're calling you an asshole. No, they're not. And, and, but and, and the thing is, this is how you know he's not comfortable. If you're calling you an asshole, embrace it. Mm-hmm. Bring it. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about back in the day, Rock or Austin or whoever, they embraced it. And whether oh, they acknowledge Vince. it or not. Yeah, yeah. Or whether they acknowledge it or not. They may he may stop and just look. Go back 
to the Cody thing, when they started chanting Dusty, he stops. When they start to chant certain things, you need to stop and let it soak in. And he didn't. He didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. He got thrown off his game. And then here's another way that I judge a bad promo. When you feel like you have to cuss, you ain't got him. You ain't got him. That's it. You're right. And, the, and I have to resort to that because I know I don't have him. And I was sitting here looking at this dude, and I'm like, look, somebody like that should be able to get so much heat. He's a good-looking kid. We all know that he was, you know, Dylan from 90210's kid. He should be – He, I think he should tap into that whole thing. But I'm like, dude, as a heel, you are picked for this. This is like, oh, my gosh, it's written out. It's laid out for you. Mm-hmm. Roll with it, and now uh, it was everything was so forced, and it was just like, and I felt like when the crowd started chanting "asshole," it's because they were bored. Yeah, because that's one of those promos mm. that when when I first saw it, I was like, "This is bad." <laughs> it's like, like, like you almost want to credit that AEW crowd for at least trying to push it mm-hmm. with the asshole chant. Yes, in most ecosystems, take WWE. They wouldn't have just done that. Mm-hmm. They would have just been quiet. They would have been sitting on their hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So credit the AEW crowd for at least trying to help and push the narrative. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't it just didn't feel authentic at all. And that's where that's where it falls flat. And that that's a great point. And I think that's something we that I know. When I discuss AEW crowds and, and WWE crowds, WWE crowds are more casual fans. Mm-hmm. AEW, AEW crowds are made up of the IWC. It is what it is. And there's a such a passion by the AEW crowds that they want them to do well. That to you, you just made a great point. They're there to help you. They're trying to help you. Yeah. They're trying to push you along. They want to see you. They don't want you to fail. They don't want to they, they right. want to defend you the next day on the internet. They want to <laughs> they do. It is, and that's great. That's a wonderful thing. And they do. <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. They They're 100%. And they were all day, you know, AEW, they'll carry the flag and everything. But there's a, as a talent, they're behind you. They want you to succeed, especially your homegrown, quote unquote, homegrown talent, your originals. And yeah, he just fell on his face. Yeah. And I honestly don't think he's done much better since, <laughs> to be no. honest. He he was playing that same heel, pretty much for mm-hmm. the, that two month run, and to your point, he ignored the crowd. He went in there with tunnel vision and said, "I need to get from point A to point B, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not gonna pause. I'm not gonna react." And that's that's the major befalling, right? Anyone who's anyone from a promo sp- standpoint, like I said, Cody pauses, right? Rock would acknowledge the crowd, you know. Um, Stone Cold would take, breathe it in. You know, now you have the masters of the who can avert the what chant, right? Because again, in WWE, if they get bored of you, they're gonna what chant you. So how do you, how do you, you know, do that curve? This was, you know, for for lack for better or worse, this was his best at the moment. And you know, I I look forward to him showing some improvement. But like I said, I think he needs to lean on something else. This this uh, made up bad guy doesn't work. <laughs> It's not true to himself. It it just really speaks to his youth in the industry. 
mm-hmm. as in being a professional wrestler, as in being a heel, as in being able to work off of a crowd. There's a clear level of discomfort as in being the bad guy, being the asshole, mm-hmm. being the actual asshole. Like you're a fabricated asshole through this promo. Mm-hmm. That's basically what this is. You're you got the crowd actually trying to give you the layup and you're not even willing to do it. You're mm-hmm. you're passing the shot at this point. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was gonna say what's amazing to me is with the talent that's around him. Dude, just go, hey, Mr. Jericho, Mr. Ross, Mr. Shivani. I'm like, you um, you know, Moxley, Kingston. He's got so many people in there. And at the time, Punk, so many people who can cut a promo and know how to. <laughs> and yeah. and you know what else? Okay, I was, this is my last my last critique on it. Sorry. This drives me crazy. It's not just him. Stay in one place in the ring. <laughs> like, stop walking mm-hmm. all around. Because when you turn around and you turn your back to the camera, you, you've now lost me. You've now lost me as a viewer. You now you're talking to Taz. I don't care that you're talking to Taz. Taz is not going to not going to talk you. You're not going to talk Taz into the building. He's getting paid to come in, talk us into it, talk the crowd into it. And if you watch, that's a problem I think with AEW as a whole. They they walk around way too much. They don't talk to the hard camera. And when he was doing that, he did for a minute, but then he turned his back. And when he did it, I'm like, he lost it. He totally lost me. You you made mm. a great point. We can we can revisit the whole production side of promos. That would be interesting oh, to yeah. look at from just different company perspectives. You know, yeah, that was a great award being handed out. Out elite, we like to hand out accountability on talk them in the building. So Jungle Boy, simply put, do better, my friend. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go ahead and give some props. Let's give a little positivity to most improved and my submission to to the listeners to my co-host is a good one in my opinion this young lady has gotten more and more confident um she's learning more and more about her character and she's adding little nuances that have essentially won the people over so my submission for most improved promo of 2023 is the lovely Rhea Ripley. And this is my promo that I am submitting to everyone. But you are going to overlook Zoe Sir? <laughs> no, 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 Zoe. That's where you're wrong. I'm not overlooking you. I've actually been watching you since you were in NXT. And I knew that it was just an amount of time before we'd be standing in this ring face to face. You sent the WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus packing. You beat the man Becky Lynch. And you've actually cemented yourself as one of the top women here within the WWE, Zoe. Now that I think about it, You sort of remind me of myself. You're a future champion. 
But the only way that you're gonna win a championship here within this company is if you are on the opposite brand to me. Because mommy is always on top. Yeah, you can chant mommy, that's fine. Because Zoe, I'm not overlooking you and I'm not spreading myself too thin. I can handle the Judgment Day, the Tag Team Championships, War Games, Dom Dom, Backstage Politics, my Women's World Championship, because I'm Rhea Bloody Ripley! So now that you've come in here and you've said your piece, it's time for you to get out of my ring and let me continue handling Judgment Day business. If, if you go back, if you compare those promos of NXT Ripley when she was first being exposed to Hill when she first won her first title um, versus Charlotte, there's an increase in her level of confidence and her bravado and how she even directs her energy toward the crowd you you notice how dismissive she was when they started mommy mommy those chants she she was dismissive of it she was like of course you're gonna call me mommy whatever let me continue to cook like her level of confidence her embrace of her sexuality it just the energy that's being brought off of her like is something very sexy about her confidence is something very intimidating about her confidence like it's so many things going on with uh with mommy with Rhea Ripley that us as the audience were captivated and it's very rare that I see someone that's booing her at this point because of how endure like how much of a unique character she is she's gotten to the point if you're just talking wwe booking she's gotten to the point where we can all view her as a as a legit leader of a faction where it's no other women on that faction and like we're we've all we've all come up in the same era of wrestling that's mind-blowing if you're being honest. Like, we can look at her, and she's the legit Uno of probably the hottest faction in that company. So shout out to Rhea Ripley. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? Um, so it just reminds me of, you know, other other folks in, in the history of the business who've risen up in such a short amount of time because we're looking back at her and you know the judgment day really is only a year it's 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 about a year old at this point year and change and it wasn't designed necessarily for her exclusively and now it feels like the other folks you know dom is his own his own capsule of <laughs> of hatred which is amazing but she's found that niche and she yeah. is truly the leader and that's we've had other women get over right and 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 find her place you had that becky lynch you know coming out where she had the broken nose and that visual that very visceral visual but no one who's been consistently given these opportunities where where just by her presence right 
I think there was a week where she was on an NXT, she was on a SmackDown, she was on a Raw, she was on a pay-per-view, and she's consistently this presence that doesn't need to speak or speak very little to get a reaction from the crowd. And and it's this interesting what they've always wanted, right? That that tweener character that whether she's, you know, let's say they go in, in, in the in the babyface side later, people are gonna be all in. More so than they, they probably are now because they're the bad guys. Definitely. But uh, yeah, very, very impressive and been following her casually in NXT and just to see her whole, you know, aesthetic change and with that, you know, coming into her own, it's really reflective of truly finding yourself. And and this is a big point about the promo, right? You can't have the promo if you don't know who you are. Mm. And she knows exactly who she is. I, I co-sign on pretty much everything you guys just said. That's a great call out for most improved. And because it does take you back, right? It takes you back beyond 2023, but it takes you mm-hmm. to when she did lose, um, when she lost to Charlotte at the Mania at the Performance Center. And if you've ever heard her talk about that, she said her confidence was shaken. But she was a different person. And people were behind her. I remember being at the Mania after that, and um, people blowing the roof off for her. People wanted her. Mm-hmm. And to see her transition this year, and, and not just, like you said, Adelie, the, the character transition of where she was to where she is, the confidence... <clears throat> I think the best thing that ever happened to her is Judgment Day. And not because of the faction. Not necessarily just because of the faction, but I'm not sure how if you guys know how close she is to Damian Priest behind the scenes. They're tight. Extremely tight. Mm -hmm. And when you're running with your road dog and you're with them all the time, there's nothing but going to raise you up, right? You think about the click back in the day. If you think about it, Kevin Nash was crap as you know, Vinny Vegas before. And as Diesel, he was, eh, but they all behind the scenes lifted each other up and one, two, three kid mm-hmm. became a, a good promo. Razor was always a great promo. Shawn Michaels became better. And that's judgment day. They're all better because they're together. And the other cool thing about her is that promo. She just had with Zoe. She was, you know, about her and about that whole thing. She told a story. It wasn't just about, Oh, you're, you're she, she put her over too. there's a, there's a key. She put over Zoe. Definitely. She didn't just put herself over. But if you think about other promos she's done, she knows how to do it with Dom. She does a different promo. She knows how to do it with Finn because there's that power struggle. Yeah. Even though they don't put it out there as much, there's that power struggle that's behind the scenes of Judgment Day. So it's a little right. bit different. And then her and Damien are a little bit different. And so that's another skill that she's improved so much is that there's a slight nuance to every promo she does depending on who she's standing in the ring with definitely she's breaking barriers in the sense that Mm -hmm. you care about her not as a woman uh Mm -hmm. wwe superstar you care about her as a wwe superstar period exactly how she interacts with the guys how she how if the judgment day is feuding with another faction or another group of guys how she can intermingle and be a part of that mm-hmm. one thing i mean one promo i almost put in there but it wasn't enough for me was her interaction with paul Heyman mm. when uh she told she told Heyman, you need to acknowledge me <laughs> like that kind of stuff yeah. like you don't you don't just get that out of nowhere Mm-mm. that 
that is a product of months and months and years of building someone up in their their psyche, their mentality in that interaction with Paul Heyman when she told him to acknowledge her in her head she's top dog mm-hmm. she's top dog screw everybody else I'm Rhea Ripley I'm the best wrestler in the world like that's the kind of energy the believable energy and when you compare mm-hmm. that to what Adelie presented when it came to Jungle Boy yes. or Jack Perry completely it's two different worlds it's two different worlds and it shows the difference of confidence we want to believe you we're a fan we're pro wrestling fans we want someone to cheer for we want someone to boo but you have to make us believe Mm -hmm. and she's currently making me believe Mm -hmm. yeah and i love how you put that she's she's a top superstar that's it we're not gonna. We're not gonna. Not not women superstar. Superstar. Look at the yeah. merch numbers. She's killing it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. For sure. All right. Well, fellas, we we awarded our best promo. We awarded our worst promo, and of course, our most improved promos surround us, ladies and gentlemen. They're everywhere. It doesn't have to be pro wrestling. Nine times out of ten, you're gonna be face with a promo and it's our job as hosts of talk them in the building to bring a couple to light as you can see i'm dressed in the georgia red and black we are going into 2024 this is peak college playoff season and i gotta represent for my dog so my promo for everyone is gonna be a good one it is from Georgia's head coach, Kirby Smart. Um, this is probably, and I know Greg has heard this time and time again because you can't escape this promo. But uh, if also, if you're a listener of Dogs vs. All Y'all, this is the uh, outro of every episode. But it's a promo by the great Kirby Smart. Trust your preparation. Your ass is prepared for this shit. For fucking 365 days, I think about them fuckers in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the shit you went through this week to get ready for this game, now is when you pay the fucking price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, guys, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about shit. Go out here and fuck their ass up. Don't think about scoreboard. Don't think about shit. You think about knocking the shit out of them. Did you hear what Box said on Monday? When I sat in that fucking meeting, I wanted to go fucking play right then. Tore your shit up out here. Two years ago, fuck your shit up. Goddamn pride and joy. Tell me you fuck these guys up. You go play the right way. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay off the fucking ground. You tackle the fucking man with a ball. The shit's easy. Look at the right shit. Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys. It's about who the fuck we are. I believe in you. Let's go. Kill them. Thoughts. I'm going to add a lead because I know he has not heard that before. I want to hear what his thoughts are. Yeah, I think that's out of lead. Is that your first time hearing that? Ali? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it sounds uh, It sounds like something to rile up a football team for sure. 
um, <laughs> that wouldn't work with me in real life. I don't respond to like you know like all that that hype. I kind of see through, but but I can't argue with results. And knowing where they are and where they've been and where they will be, obviously the results speak for themselves. So, and that is the culture of college football, right? It, it's it's personalities, it's believability, right? It's everything that we talk about—a good promo. And out of context, I would say this guy's just cussing up a storm and saying some generic stuff, right, about <laughs> messing up the other team. Right. But in context, it works. So, who am I to argue? Feel that, Greg. Fellow fellow Georgia fan, Greg. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if I take it down to the actual wrestling promo breakdown, he actually told them exactly mm-hmm. what they needed to do. He told a story. He referenced something that Fox said. Um, he talked about being on there, and they 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 were questioning their ability. They were they were actually talking down about Georgia, and so this was something that he was like, "Oh, did you hear what Fox said? I wanted to go play that game right now," and. It was about proving the haters wrong. And he also talked about it's not hard. Tackle the guy in front of you. Tackle the guy who who has the ball. Block the person. So he's still hitting those fundamentals in there, just like somebody would in a traditional wrestling promo. You gotta tell the story. You gotta mm-hmm. take the people on a ride. And that's what he did there is he takes the players on a ride and he talked them onto the field. He may not talk them into the building. He talked them onto the field. Mm-hmm. And he in the other piece we talked about uh, uh you know jack perry not understanding the crowd we just talked about cody understanding the crowd we talked about Heyman understanding it we talked about Rhea knowing what you're who you're talking to kirby knew who he was talking to so i believe like you just Definitely. said that may not work for you but he knows his players and he knows this is a team that needs this and that's the art of a great promo yep. is understanding who am i talking to who do i make them believe and how do i get into them emotionally and that's what kirby just did to that team it's it's nothing like football in south georgia ladies and gentlemen it's it's a it's a whole different beast it's a whole different it's a whole different world i'll save that for dogs versus all (laughs) y'all where i can rant about that kind of stuff but it's a whole different energy when you hear that kind of stuff, like I'm almost to the point of tears thinking about coaches that I played for and I played for different kind of coaches throughout my years of playing football, whether it was high school and college, some guys were subtle and they were direct and stern and just kept it moving. But I also played for those guys that, just knew how to touch touch whatever was in your spirit to make you really, really want to run through a wall. Not just run through a wall, but whatever person that was on the other side of that wall, I was going to knock that motherfucker down too. Like that was the kind of, that's the kind of energy and that's the kind of motivation that you got out of these coaches and Kirby, man, he's one of the best. He's one of the best in the world. God bless whoever records him on their cell phone when they, when he knows he's not being recorded because some of the stuff that's come out that man's mouth has been a one genuine 
motivation fuel for whatever's going on in your life. And I mean, I just, I just can't speak enough on like that, that kind of stuff. When you hear that kind of stuff, it just fires you up, man. It just fires you up. And like you said, when, did y'all hear what they said Monday? I wanted to play right now. Like mm -hmm. you hear that kind of, you can't fake that. You can't fake that kind of energy. You can't fake that kind of emotion where your head coach, the person that's in charge, that's making all these millions of dollars, where he's the one in the front of the line, like, who's who's next? I want him. I want him. Like, he's not even as hype as the other players. He's he's more hype than all of them. And that's what that's what makes Kirby such a great motivator and a great coach. But that's for another podcast. Listeners, Mondays and Fridays, Dogs versus All, y'all, where we can mark out on Kirby Smart. Uh, but, <laughs> fellas, it was a great episode. Um, thank you again. Um, I'm feeling good about this, man. So salute to both of you. A happy new year, most importantly. Listeners, um, we will see you guys in two weeks. Of course, don't forget to subscribe to Suplex Dinner Club and at Talkum Pod. That is home of Talkum in the Building podcast. And um, we will see you guys in two weeks.